you know, there's um, very few things harder on a coach than having a team that, well, they don't really want to be coached or they don't know how to be coached or they've never been coached before. So coaching them is kind of like, well, it's kind of like when I coached upward football for my boys who were elementary aged kids. And it was really kind of like herding cats or uh, putting all your dinosaurs in the same box at one time. It, it's really hard to do. But today we have organizations that believe if we want to develop our soft skills, our people skills, our, our organizational strength, that leadership development looks like, let's bring in a motivational speaker for the day. Let's get them all to, you know, just have a conversation for a day or two, maybe go away to a symposium, and when they come back, they'll all be awesome leaders. And that, my friends, is very much like coaching elementary age soccer or pre-K soccer or, in my case, upwards football. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And in all the years that I've been a leadership coach, more than 10 years now, the, one of the challenges that I find with the concept of coaching is that many people have no idea what a coach is supposed to do. I, in fact, I, I get people who will hire me and we sit down for what I would call the international the international, yes, no, the initial interview. And in that initial interview, <clears throat> my job, my, my role, my purpose is to establish expectations. What do you expect of me and what do I expect of you? How do we see this journey together happening? Oh, what happens if the journey gets rough? What outs do we have if you just decide one day, I don't like you? What happens if the ideas that you have and the ideas that I have run contrary to each other? At what point is somebody right and everybody else wrong? See, those are the kinds of things that have to be determined at the outset, as they should be in any relationship before any marriage is undertaken. I think the two prospective people should say to each other, here's kind of what my long-term goals are and I'd like to know what yours are. What is your vision for this if it succeeds? <clears throat> now, I can tell you there are many people who have not taken the time to do that, not in their job role, not in their current relationships with a significant other, not with pretty much anything that they do in life. No, they've, they've decided that I have my ideas and you'll have your ideas and we'll just agree to disagree. Can I tell you, that doesn't work. It doesn't work in a relationship. It doesn't work in an organization. It doesn't work for a country. It doesn't work for an army. It doesn't work for anybody. There's no team where people can simply say, let's agree to disagree and we'll pretend like our differences don't matter. Now, there is a rule of relational equity that says, I will allow you to have those beliefs that I disagree with so long as those beliefs are not contrary to the core values and the primary purpose of our organization or our relationship. An example might be, I was watching a unique video yesterday, some, something about dating apps. And one of the guys was talking about this relationship he'd gotten into. And he was, I don't know, he was very happy or so it seemed with his relationship. But in his relationship, he thought that having an open relationship was the way that that relationship should continue to go. He felt like if, if I want to 
date somebody else, if I want to have a nice dinner, if I want to go out with five other people, well, but that's none of your business because we're just dating. Now, her impression of we're dating was uh, we are dating. I'm not dating you and 42 other young ladies. <clears throat> I'm dating you. And by implication, you're dating me. See, those are the kind of expectations that we can't agree to disagree upon. No, we need to agree that we agree that they're the same, that if I'm dating you and you're dating me, then you're not dating 42 other people and neither am I. Maybe you call it an open relationship, that's fine, but you need to know what those parameters are. You need to know what the expectations are. And I think that's the challenge for many people. They don't want to succeed at negotiation if negotiation means giving up what I want. I want you to let that settle in for a minute because th this is where we, in, in many cases, come into the concept of soft skills. The soft skills being <clears throat> how we negotiate or navigate a relationship. And if you're not careful, those soft skills become the fodder of a motivational speaker. They become the daily tantras, if you will, of those who would say, well, I know how to agree to disagree. I know how to get along amicably. Those things are awesome. But if those ways of getting along are in violation of the core values of the organization or the relationship, I think we're dating exclusively. He thinks we're dating whoever we want to. That's a core value, foundational principle of our relationship. You can't agree to disagree on core values. You have to come to agreement or come to a hard conversation that might be a necessary ending. You follow me? See, organizations have a very similar problem. Organizations that don't allow hard conversations. Organizations that think, well, we'll we would rather be amicable. We'd rather get along with everybody. We'd rather not talk about our differences. We certainly don't want to call out our disagreements or our opposite opinions. No, we don't want, we don't want that. In, no, no, we don't need any of that. That just brings drama. And ultimately what happens is you have not a vision in your organization. You have a division, meaning your vision is going multiple degrees of separation. You have different units within your organization with a different vision for what your organization is going to do. You have different people on your team who not only have different opinions, different ideas, different priorities, they have different core values. They want something ultimately completely different for your organization than you want for your organization. They've decided that what's important to them is what will drive the decisions they make every day. And every day they're going to do what suits their opinion, what suits their experiences, what lines up with their core beliefs, what lines up with their core values. And because you've agreed to disagree, you allow them the space to say, well, just do what makes you feel good. Do what makes you happy. Let me ask you this. Do you think your company will be profitable very long at all if the people that you've given license to agree to disagree feel like it's okay if I take a seven-week paid vacation because that's what I wanted to do? Recently, in watching one of these little shows that I like to watch about people and how they think, I heard a young lady, 19 years old, say, if my mother truly loves me, She'll let me do what makes me happy and not judge me. Think through that for a moment from a logical standpoint if you're a parent. 
But, but shift it for a moment if you're an organizational leader, say a CEO or a CFO. If my boss really cares about me, they'll let me do whatever I want to that makes me happy without judging me. You ever heard of the Sarbanes-Oxley laws, the rules from the generally acceptable accounting practices that were put in place in the late 90s and the early 2000s? They came around for a reason. It was called Enron. Enron was, Enron was a perfect corporate example of, if they love me, they'll let me do whatever I want to as long as it makes me happy, and they did. And they spent millions of dollars of investors' money doing things that had nothing to do with the success of the organization and nothing to do with the profit. They had no ability to return on the investment the money that was put in. Why? Because if you love me, you'll let me do whatever I want to. We'll agree to disagree. We'll disagree amicably. We'll get along just fine as long as your core values, legal practices, <laughs> return on investment, profitability within the realms of the law, as long as those things don't invade my opportunity to be happy, we'll get along just fine. You just let me do what I want to. Now, never mind the fact that this young lady, 19 years old, had run away from home to be a porn star. Never mind the fact that she was being paid hundreds of dollars for the hour of doing things that most parents would scream if they knew their teenagers were doing with other people or would actually call the police if they knew these things were being done to their teenagers because some of it was violently wrong. Now, you might think in my organization, we don't do that kind of stuff. We don't need anybody to tell us where we're wrong on that. And so here's my challenge to you as a leader and I'm coming to this from the position of a leadership coach. I've had those hard conversations with clients. I've had that face-to-face -face look where I said to them, I understand why you believe what you believe, and I understand how you even come to the conclusions that you have. I'm even okay with the fact that you're comfortable with those things, but let me ask you this question. What if you're wrong? What if in the end, What's making you happy, what's making you comfortable, what makes you feel like this is a great idea is actually going to cost your company everything. See, 2008, there was a great example of that. Uh, Goldman Sachs, anybody? How many PricewaterhouseCoopers? How many big banks folded because the organizational leaders like Enron had ideas that, well, it just makes me happy. I'll, I'll take these people on these boondoggles. We'll travel around the world on a sailboat and we'll call it an investor meeting. We're gone for 42 days of vacation, but it all comes out of the money of the coffers of marketing or investor relations. And so it's company expense. I'm not paying to take my family on vacation. The company's paying for that, but hey, if you like me, you won't judge me. If you love me, you'll let me do what makes me happy. Are we gonna see a problem with that? See, sometimes it takes the leadership coach who's willing to go, yeah, but what if you're wrong? What if what you're doing that makes you happy is actually destroying your entire team? What if what you're doing to make you happy is actually gonna cost you everything? It's not just gonna cost you your job. Uh, Mr. Kowalski knows that it could cost you your freedom. He's in jail now for some of the antics that he did with his company as the CEO. Well, what do you do with people like that who are in leadership? Because most of the time in an organization, you're going to have sub-leaders, maybe the 
C-M-O-F-O-O-O. Who are going to look at the CO or the president of the board and say, I like my job and my paycheck and my pension and my vacation and my retirement way too much to be messing with his happy. I am not going to challenge his happy. Let him do what he does until he self-destructs. Because they don't feel like they have the place to stand up and go, yeah, but what if you're wrong? See, as a leadership coach, I've had to have that conversation with people. I've had to have a conversation with people to say, well, that's a great strategy and I understand your tenacity, but here's where I see that could fail. That could be a really bad idea. What if you proceed with that and the worst happens? What will that look like? What if, what if you get caught? What if what you're doing is illegal enough that you actually go to prison? Will the payoff be so good then, Wolf of Wall Street? If you haven't watched that movie, I suggest you do. It's a, it's a really good illustration of what happens when leadership goes awry and there's nobody enough uh, moxie, if you will, with the tenacity to challenge the leadership and go, hold up. It, it, there's something wrong with your theology. There's something wrong with your philosophy. There's something wrong with your business acumen. There's something wrong with the way you treat your customers, your employees. Look how many people even today are being called to the carpet for behavior two decades ago. Because what they did then was so wrong that it has left a residue in the marketplace. Your Matt Lauer was fired for his job for doing what in many instances on the first offense would have cost people their job, possibly even their freedom. It would have straight up put them in prison. But it took Matt Lauer almost 15 years to get caught. When he did, it cost him a $20 million a year salary. Well, now we've got Governor Cuomo and possibly his brother. But behavior that was tolerated in the workplace, but it was wrong. It should have never been happening. But who in the chain of command, who in the organizational structure has the wherewithal, the opportunity to challenge that individual? And I'm not just talking about from the legal standpoint, I'm not just talking about who has the right to pull them in like an HR director and say, you need to stop that or you're gonna lose your job. I mean, who's gonna challenge their inner self? Who's gonna ask them, what if you're wrong? What if what you're doing will destroy not only our organizational productivity, not only our organizational structure and strength, but it will destroy you. Who's gonna ask that question? I wanna challenge you as leaders in your organization. If you're the leader and you realize there are some things going on in your organization that don't, they don't vibe really well with your core values. Maybe not just yours individually, but the core values as spoken of the organization. It's time to speak up. And what you, write, what you really might need is to get some outside help, to call somebody in who's willing to go, look, I'm here as a consultant, and here's what I'm gonna tell you, the truth, because I'm not living for this job, I'm here to do a job. When I coached Upward Football, one of our strategies was that we actually had a defensive play called Blitzkrieg. Because the meaning Blitzkrieg means all out. You go as loud and as hard and as fast as you can and everybody charges. See, in upward football, there's no tackling. And there's no actual physical blocking. I mean, you can get in the way of someone, but you can't like shoulder chuck them like you might in hockey or, or football as a, in pads. So in upward, Blitzkrieg, 
Well, that's a terrifying concept. When I yelled Blitzkrieg, the other team thought of the word Blitzkrieg, which was an all-out assault at full volume. And when I would say it, my team would stop in their tracks and then everybody would backpedal. Well, what are they doing? Well, they're playing a full zone defense. They've covered the entire field with defense. There's nobody chasing the quarterback. And if nobody chases him, he can't run. But if seven guys are covering six guys, there's nobody to catch the ball. It was a brilliant defensive strategy. But we also had one called Tarzan. And when I would yell Tarzan, they would all scream and run to the line, but nobody would cross it unless the quarterback was too close. If they thought they could step over and snatch his flags without making any contact with anybody else, they had permission to do that. Otherwise, everybody ran to the line as fast as they could and screamed as loud as they could, which normally caused a fumble because other elementary boys don't like to be yelled at. See, it was a strategy, a nonviolent but interruptive strategy. It was a tactic because I, as an outsider, had the ability to see what the little guys on the field didn't see. I, as an outsider, sometimes coming into your team, I can see things that you can't see, and I can say things that you can't say. That doesn't mean they're going to be illegal, but they might be confrontive. There might be hard conversations. They might ask, does that really line up with the core values of your organization? And does it really line up with the core values of you? I'll be honest with you. There are a lot of executives I talk to. If you ask them to write out their core values, they can't. How do your core values line up with your vision? Uh, what's a vision? I mean, I got the company vision statement, right? What about your own vision? What about your vision for your life two years, five years, 10 years from now? What does that look like? Do your core values line up with your vision? <clears throat> or do you plan to succeed at something that you don't even believe should be done? Yeah, there are people like that. But because they've never had that hard conversation, they don't realize that, which means within your organization, they're running around like a powerful juggernaut, slamming into walls in every direction like a lost Roomba without a cat. It might be time to abandon the motivational speaking styled leadership coaches. Oh, yes, I do motivational teaching, speaking, however you want to label that as well. Got a pocket full of speeches that I'll come, I'll gladly deliver to your organization. I'll even do a lunch and learn with you. But here's what I want you to know. Sometime, at some point, you need somebody who's going to sit down and have that locker room talk with your top executives. Somebody who's going to ask that question. Yeah, that's a great idea. But what if you're wrong? What if you've been deceiving yourself? What, do you, what if you have been lying to you the whole time? Then what? And what will you do differently to fix that problem? Because it's a big problem. Oh, it's a big, big problem. I want to challenge you as a leader from the position of a leadership coach. Soft skills training might be a little bit overrated. What you really need is somebody who's going to sit down one-on-one, -on -one, face to face and ask the hard questions to get into the weeds of somebody's life and go, I understand what your role is at the company. I understand what your job description is at the company. I understand what your title, what your authority, what your position looks like at the company. But what about deep down inside the who that you are? Are you the kind of person you would follow? And if the answer is no, we got some work to do. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day.
Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.